Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR, talent, and leadership communities to you. For more episodes and the latest articles covering what's new in the world of work, visit hrgazette.com, subscribe and follow us on social media. Did you know that Gen Z constitutes 26% of the total population across the world? This means 2 billion people are Gen Zers, many of whom are about to join or, or are already in the workforce. Hello, this is Bill Bannum, and welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. In this episode, we're going to consider ways to engage with Gen Zers. And my guests today are Tina Solensky and Cynthia Jenkins, the co-founders of Skills Gap, the first company to offer customized location-based gaming apps focused on helping Generation Z gain career and pathway awareness, along with the middle and soft skills necessary to participate in the skills-based job sector that includes manufacturing and other technical industries. And I'm very excited for this particular interview. I've got to tell you, listeners, because uh, Gen Z, they still confuse me. I'm still not entirely sure what their motivations are or how they're going to turn up in the workplace over the next few years. So I'm looking forward, personally, as a millennial, to learn from, from Cynthia and from Tina today. So, hey, Tina. Hey, Cynthia. Welcome to the HR Chat Show. Top of the Good morning. morning. Why don't you both start by introducing yourselves? Don't tell us anything about Skills Gap yet, because we're going to get to that in a bit. But uh, let's just start by you introducing yourselves. How about Tina, you go first, and then Cynthia, you, you tell us about yourself after that. Sure. I'm Tina Zwolinski, the CEO, co-founder with Cynthia for Skills Gap. My area of focus is on our company mission, which I'll go into details in a little bit. I'm a Gen Xer. I do have Gen Z as children, one of my favorite demographics. And I focus on strategies with our partners for ways to have some significant impact with their recruiting and retention efforts. I am um, Cynthia Jenkins, co-founder and CMO of Skills Gap with Tina. I'm over on the West Coast, and I am also a Gen Xer, although my Gen Z kids call me a boomer frequently. Um, so I'm on the other side of the fence um, in terms of marketing Skills Gap games and, and connecting them to the kids that need them. Okay, Cynthia's kids, if you're listening, be more respectful to your mother. <laughs> boomer indeed. Oh, no. Okay, Tina, this one's for you. Maybe maybe now you can take a couple of minutes and, and give us an overview of Skills Gap and how it helps HR pros and leaders. Sure. So Skills Gap foundationally is a workforce pipeline development company. So for your listeners thinking about the workforce where they have people that are retiring out and they're going to need to fill their workforce and thinking about those that are coming out of college or in a couple of years where they're constantly needing to continue those relationships. That's that's the pipeline looking down uh, to the future workers. And so our company focuses our, on our mission, which is connecting youth to life-changing careers through game-changing play. And we really, as a company, focus on the underserved communities. Those are the areas where the youth are not hearing about all of these careers and we believe that is one of the areas where there can be the most impact on filling these jobs. So our, we have game models. We have nine right now. And we focus on the in-demand 
manufacturing um, IT careers that you mentioned at the start of this podcast. So those are cybersecurity, aerospace, automotive, life science, advanced manufacturing, STEM careers, agriculture, skilled trades. And we also have a soft skills game, which is one that everybody says to us on a call, if they could just have that game, they could really introduce <laughs> and train the workforce beyond that. Just having people show up is can be a challenge these days. And I, and I know your listeners um, that have to deal with that. But our differentiator as a company, Bill, is our geolocation um, play with the mobile phones. And that is where this, the players in our games actually get to try on these career environments, if you will. Um, they get to be in them and see themselves in them through the avatar selection. And they can be any gender, any race. So they really truly get to see unbiased themselves in these worlds. And then as they play these games, they actually get connected to, hey, what you did there, there are these companies right around you. And these are the types of jobs they have. What you did there was quality assurance. And those type of jobs get paid this much in your area. And the games also connect them to the pathways into those careers. So if they're a little younger, um, let's just say ninth grade, 10th grade, they can actually hear about post-secondary, you know, a technical community college pathway, apprenticeships. If they're in middle school and they're playing, they can learn about, hey, when you're in high school and you like this industry that you're playing in, you really need to take a science or math class. But it helps that student be able to say, I need to tell my career counselor or my parent or guardian that this is what I'm interested in. So now they're really advocating for their future into these careers that your listeners have and really starting to spark that interest, which really will help your listeners um, make their job a little easier in the future and have a, a little more of a vetted audience to pick from. Wonderful. Thank you, Tina. OK, so, Symphony, I, I, I'd like you to kind of um, carry through some of those thoughts from Tina's previous answer there and, 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 and elaborate upon how do these games help students prepare for possible careers? Well, Bill, that's actually probably the most frequently asked question. Um, so probably what what summarize it best is our mantra here at Skills Gap is that everyone plays with a higher purpose and higher is a uh, little double entendre there, H-I-R-E. So each job, each game is set up in a job construct. Granted, it's sort of fantastical and gamified. But for example, in our cybersecurity game, Cyber Watchdog, the player could be a third-party IT person dispatched to a bank to unhack a bank's network. Um, or in our life sciences game, Rad Lab, you could be making a compound or mixing a compound that may or may not make it past FDA approval. So as Tina was mentioning, after each task, the players fed a relevant career fact and a pathway, you know, see what you did there. That's, that's actually what a medical lab tech does. And you could be making 60 grand starting doing that. And hey, guess what? XYZ Tech College is right down the street and offers classes in that. So while they're not educational tools and training tools, they provide kids uh, a, a platform and a, a sort of a a simulated job environment in a really fun way where they can connect their own dots. Wonderful. Thank you very much. So I've done some some studies on 
uh, generational differences uh, in the workplace or around the workplace. One generation that kind of confuses me a little bit are, are these new guys coming through, the, the, the Gen Zers, okay? Uh, this is a very unique generation. Uh, the, 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 these folks were brought up post 9-11 and they have a post 9-11 perspective on the world, um, perhaps not as optimistic as, as somebody like myself, who's brought up in the <laughs> 80s and the 90s, I, I, I believe. And, and also my understanding is perhaps they uh, they want to be a little bit more autonomous in some respects than, than my lot, the millennials. But in other ways, they need more guidance. And of course, they're way more tech savvy than any other generation. Before. Yes. So the, uh, us millennials, we're the, we're the early adopters is what they call us. Um, these guys, these are the natives. These are the digital natives. So Cynthia, in terms of engaging with Gen Zers, what, what's so unique about this generation? Well, Bill, you kind of nailed part of it on, on the head. Um, a few things. First, they're probably the only generation that has two nicknames. They're Gen Z and also known as the iGen, since most were, in fact, born with a phone in their hands. Um, so, yes, digital natives, tech savvy, uh, to say the least. Second, they learn by, by doing. And um, Tina actually has a great story about her son who learned how to build a car engine. Actually, I think it was his car engine, Tina. Yes, um, from, yeah, from YouTube. And he lives to tell. So in terms of, of navigating their own um, pursuits uh, autonomously, that's a perfect example. And because of this generation's, uh, you know, digital prowess, um, you know, which of course was definitely exacerbated by COVID, you know, digital platforms represent a profoundly powerful medium for them to learn and grow um, on their own volition, like, like Tina's son. And so when it comes to engaging them, um, you know, on their own time in or out of school, you know, this this sort of digital world is is a place where they live that no other generation has before. OK, thank you. I feel more enlightened already. Uh, hey, Tina, uh, what, why? And this is, of course, a podcast for HR people. OK, so this is your big moment here, Tina. Uh, <laughs> what, 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 why, why should the HR community take an interest in, in the games that Skills Gap are creating? Well, I have two separate answers for that. Number one is that we have the magical tool that can help solve their recruitment and retainment challenges. And the second half of that is that Cynthia and myself, we have 25 years experience working with generational youth um, in their careers. And on the business to business side, we also have that same breadth of experience working with industries, all the industries that our game models are with and workforce development. And that is really why we started this. We, we had a branding and marketing firm for 25 years and really kept seeing the need year after year where the youth needed to be connected to industry. And to Cynthia's um, point before this, there's, there's just def different technology you have to use now with this new generation and really think differently. And so for us, you know, we look at some stats. We always like to bring stats to the table. A study from Deloitte for the manufacturing um, audience, 3.4 million manufacturing jobs by 2025. And I, I believe that that stat probably would be a little different um, mm -hmm. post-COVID, but similar to that range. Two million will go unfilled. And in the cyber world, 500,000 jobs are available right now. And so it's really up to companies 
to, you know, the schools are really overwhelmed with catching up. And, you know, you talked about Gen Z and, you know, post-COVID world, post 9-11, all of that. You know, we're still not sure the impact that what they've been through is going to have on them. But what we do know is that the schools are overwhelmed with catching up. And so it really is on your listeners. Um, it's, it's on their shoulders to be able to provide ways for their up and coming workforce to learn about all the careers that they have and being creative in how they do that. And so to your listeners, I would say, you know, really think about how you can get involved in education and with high schoolers, those that maybe right out of high school didn't go on to college even middle schoolers, introducing all the different careers that you offer as a company, not just, um, you know, there's cyber within aerospace, there's quality assurance, there's R&D, there's working on robots. And, you know, what do you do when the line goes down? That can be one of the most important person in the moment. And so it's really important to be able to get more job descriptions and just transparency on those salaries and what the journey is like to go into those careers. And, and even being mindful of, do we really need a four-year degree for this role that we have? What if they were um, pre-vetted from a game where they actually showed interest? We'll talk about some things in a, in a couple of minutes. I'll get into more detail on that. But you were able to um, introduce them to these careers and recruit from a little more vetted audience. And then what if you got together with other companies that were in the same industry as you in the same region to have a little more impact? So I would say just for your listeners, think about one, the right tool to engage with this audience where you're able to create a more interested uh, workforce to recruit from, but also thinking about removing some of the siloed efforts of, you know, being your own island for your own company and thinking about, you know, within regions, maybe coming together with other companies within your industry to provide a little more scale of awareness. And then everybody benefits from having a larger workforce to pull from. Okay, Cynthia, how, how can Skills Gap help HR departments with recruiting and building their workforce pipelines? And my goodness me, we do need that right now, of course, because we are seeing 2022 being the peak of the boomers leaving the workforce, of course, although some of them are coming back, um, but they were the biggest generation. So we need clever folks coming into the workforce to replace them. So how do you guys help those HR departments? Yes, uh, you are not kidding. In fact, um, you are now asking me the second most frequently asked question we get from HR departments. So, and this is this is not news to, to your listeners, but specifically in middle skilled careers within advanced manufacturing, which is where our focus is, the investment in training is high. And unfortunately, so is attrition. So a group of 10 may show up the first day for training, half show up the next and so on. So maybe maybe the new hires aren't aware of what they signed up for or simply unqualified or or maybe just just disinterested. So our games expose players to, you know, the lexicon and key proficiencies needed within specific industries in a really fun way. And how we do that actually we work with HR departments and say, okay, if you could have 2 to 3 proficiencies or skills, middle skills, soft skills, what are they? And we incorporate those into the game. So 
For example, our life sciences game that I mentioned earlier, you can't even start a level until you wash your hands, suit up and mask up. So when recruiting for a clean room technician, for example, HR departments will know, ah, this player understands the safety protocol, making them, you know, vetted and, and more qualified applicants. Okay, thank you very much. Now, Tina, what I'm confused about is access to the candidates. Okay, so if someone if someone applies for a for a job in a, in a traditional fashion, that means that they're summoning their email address, maybe a telephone number, ways to be communicated with, right? Um, but let, let let's say that you're working with a company and students are playing a game specifically designed for their industry. What kind of data is available to the HR recruiting departments? And maybe as part of the answer, you can share how should they interpret that data, and what would be the steps in terms of reaching out to players that they might be interested in? Sure. Well, I love that there is data. So we are able to show who's interested, you know, not by names. I will, uh, I will lead with that we do adhere to all privacy laws, protection yeah. of names, all of that. But what we do track and to support industry and their investment and that we are providing them with a more vetted audience to recruit from. So we do track, you know, how many players are engaging uh, within this industry game model and where are they showing interest within those games? So each of our games has three different environments that they get exposed to. And usually it starts with R&D and innovation. Then there's manufacturing and then there's distribution and logistics. Um, a little different on the cyber side. They just get to be in different worlds. But you can tell where they're spending their time, where they're showing the most interest. And then the HR, you know, they might be looking at, hey, we have an apprenticeship. We want to recruit maybe more juniors and seniors for a youth apprenticeship. Or it might be someone that's looking to fill something right now and they don't need someone that, that you know, they can train them. So they say, you know, pull you know, grad, those that are graduating are right out of high school. So we can pull the age, we track that, their regional location, you know, are they able to be within, you know, a, a drive to or a bus ride uh, to get to that company? And then what level are they at in the game? And within our company, as, as Cynthia spoke to, you know, our outcomes and assessments, we have badges within our game that the players earn after doing several tasks over and over again to have achieved that badge. So they they are able to say, can you pull someone that has this, has earned this? So it really helps the HR team be able to hone in and we work with them to say, what what is your specific need right now? And then we help pull that those players for them. And they are able to say, can you send this um, blast out to these identified players so that they can get information that, hey, we're recruiting right now. We have these jobs available. Um, or if someone was at, you know, a little bit of a college level that they could say, hey, we're, we're, we're having this job fair we'd like you to come to. So they're able to recruit through email, push notifications, in-game messages to get in touch with those players that they identify. So now, Bill, it's a little more vetted interest as Cynthia shared earlier um, versus, you know, everybody come and then nobody shows up when it's time to get to work. And so it's that we're looking to support industry and the HR teams to have less turnover, less costs uh, for training and, and, and retra retraining 
but also to look at that retention. You know, let's get people in that already are aware of your company that, you know, the, the companies can actually promote themselves in the games from little ads to videos to just things that they have going on. And then they recruit. So they're building this relationship with the players that's to the, to Gen Z, they see digital uh, mentorship as real life mentorship. So it's interesting the way they think. And so it's, it's building connections that can actually have long-term relationships with these companies. So it's a different way to think, but that's how Gen Z uh, sees the world. And it's a great way to start building those relationships for loyalty um, and to be able to have them want to be a part of your company because you invested in them right before they made a decision on where to go. Awesome. Thank you, Tina. And just a quick follow-up, uh, Tina. Regular listeners of my show will know that even though I've got a silly accent, I'm a very proud Canadian. Um, we haven't really <laughs> spoken too much about um, the, the the geography of the candidates that you guys are searching for. You, yeah, Obviously, we've mentioned that it's, it's geo-targeted, but are you guys at the moment focused purely on the US? Do you also work within Canada and other places in the world? Tell me a bit about that. Sure. We launched our company in 2020. We finished our game models in 21. And so we have been starting to work with partners in early 2022. Our games have been tested um, and now we're deploying in several regions. So we are just now deploying in the U.S. Our games are in English and Spanish. But Bill, it's a global challenge when it comes to workforce and manufacturing and cyber is all over the world. And we, uh, our games are able to be translated into different languages. So our vision for the company is to have global impact on workforce, where, especially with the underserved, where, where underserved communities were able to break cycles. For industry, we're filling the jobs with vetted talent. So it could be anywhere in the world rock and roll add a bit of french to that put a bit of maple syrup on the top hey ladies we are already coming towards the end of this particular interview i'm sad to say because i'm enjoying this i'm learning a lot but before we do wrap up how can we connect with you each so maybe you want to share your linkedin profiles email addresses maybe you're super cool and you're all over tiktok and places and also of course how can folk more learn a, a, about skills gap and um let's have tina go first followed by cynthia Sure. I would ask for your listeners, follow us as a company, Skills Gap, on LinkedIn. That's two Ps at the end. It's the challenge and the solution all in one word. Skills Gap comes together with an app to solve the challenge. And so on LinkedIn and Twitter, if you would follow us and find Cynthia and I on um, LinkedIn and Twitter to follow us. Uh, that would be a great way to connect with us. And then I would ask your audience, if you want to find out more, we would love to do a demo with you. And as I shared earlier, if there's a couple other companies in your same industry that may be coming together, might be an interesting conversation. Let's all get together and have some fun and talk about gameplay and impact together on a call. Excellent. Cynthia, anything else to add to that? Just that I am not on TikTok, Bill, but I, <laughs> I am on LinkedIn. So um, yes, Cynthia P. Jenkins on, on LinkedIn. And um, as Tina said, it's Skills Gap with two Ps, which which is um, one of the best things about the company. <laughs> Since, as Tina said, the, the problem and, and solution in, in one. 
I, I love peas and beans and lots of other vegetables. So I'm, I'm, I'm all in favor of that. I, I'm also not on uh, TikTok. I'm just not that cool. So there we go. Um, <laughs> well, so... I want to say, Bill, before we wrap, for your listeners, one of our groups for the life science game, it was a middle schooler, and her feedback from playing the game said that she would rather play Rad Lab than watch um, TikTok. So that was a win. That's a huge win. Yeah. Massive, yeah. Massive, massive <laughs> and by the way, listeners, there will, of course, be links in the show notes so that you can learn more about Tina, more about Cynthia and more about Skills Gap with two Ps. But that just leaves me to say for today, Tina, Cynthia, I've had a lovely time chatting with you both. Thank you again for starting on a very early morning to, to join me on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Thanks so much, Bill. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Bill. And listeners, as always, until next time. Happy working. Thanks for listening to this episode of the HR Chat Podcast. There are hundreds of conversations with business experts available for free on the HR Gazette website, Apple, Spotify, and all the main platforms. And remember to like, subscribe, and follow us on social media.